This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey friends, Bob here again, just popping by to say that season two production has continued for these past few weeks to an enormous success. We're still a ways off from completing recording, but we're thrilled with how everything is turning out so far. In the meantime, we'd love to introduce you to What Will Be Here, a brand new podcast from Talmanir of side questing, someone dies in this elevator, and frankly, too many other incredible shows to list here. And what will be here, five friends send a rocket to space with a collection of recordings that document the world's decline, the stories they want to tell, and their efforts in building this rocket to get their message to the stars. They wonder, what will their world have become by the time their message is listened to? What will be left of a planet that has destroyed itself? What will be left of the people who lived there? What will become of their stories? What will be here? What will be here is a quietly contemplative rumination on how we as a species get by in the face of extreme daily danger and trauma. As a product of the pandemic, the themes of loss and what the use is of creating when life feels so utterly hopeless will I'm sure hit close to home for many of you. That being said, despite the bleak nature of the show's premise, Tal and their team of talented writers and actors always know how to find the inherent hope in any given situation. Take a listen to this stunning series premiere in our feed right here, right now, and subscribe to What Will Be Here in the podcast app of your choice to follow along with the rest of the season. And now, without further ado, What Will Be Here. What Will Be Here, Episode 1, Go for Deploy. Content warnings for this episode include swearing, the brief presence of fire, several animal noises, audio of a jet, and the recording of a gunshot. See the show notes for more details and a link to the transcript. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, Jules here. I'm working on a little time capsule project to send a message to the future, and these recordings are a part of it. This recorder, our payload, and there's a whole group of us working on it. We have a team of five, including myself. Everyone has a different specialty. I love seeing what they do. Being a part of this project is so exciting. Oh, hey. There's one of them right now. Armani! Armani, come here. Lovely listener, 
This is Armani. Say hi, Ari. I'm recording. Jules, that is not how you hold a mic. There is a handle. Hold it by the handle. I am. This is the handle. Nope. That is not it. Just give it here. I got it. There. That's better. Hello. And goodbye. Sorry, Jules. I got things to do. Rude. Anyway, Armani is our engineer. We went to the same college, and it's really nice to see a familiar face. We're here for different reasons, though. They're here because they love to tell stories. I'm here because it's a chance for a future for... Like... Someone. Anyone. Ari loves history. They say it's just all the stories of humanity piled up. I guess we're making history now, though. Right? For future people. Hopefully. Armani talks about their family a lot. There's a lot of love there, and I think it's hard for them to be apart. It's weird for me, because my family isn't... close. They don't even know I'm doing this. But I'm sure they'll understand. My folks work for Savannah, kind of like an eco-organization. Ah! Oh, shit. Oh, hi there. Oh, what the fuck, Kay? Dane, language! Why? Were you in the vents? Are you trying to get killed when they collapse under your weight? I was doing repair work. Oh, repair work? Repair work? On what? The hole I made in the vents earlier? Oh, for fuck's sake, Kay. Dane! You're not my mother's. It's good to be polite. Come on, say hi like you mean it. <sighs> Hello, motherfuckers. Why do I even try? Wait, wait. You're recording? Don't mention I fell out of the ceiling. Will we even have a ceiling left when you're done? Will we even have a ceiling? <laughs> of course we'll have a ceiling. Alright, Kay. <laughs> Sheesh. Let's make sure you didn't break anything. Do you need my help? I've got them. I'm fine. I'm fine to continue... <sighs> uh, whatever this is. Why are you carrying the mic around anyway? I'm doing introductions. Weren't we going to record our own bits, or no? Armani's gonna lose their mind if they see you carrying the mic like that. It's fine. I already ran into them. And? They still have their mind, I promise. Okay. Well, that's one way to make an entrance. Um, so that was Dane, who is our physicist, and Kay, our mechanic. Don't let their straight-laced fashion sense fool you. Kay is a troublemaker. I can't believe they were in the vents in an Oxford shirt with a perfectly pressed collar. Kinda sums him up, actually. And Dane... Dane is, uh... Dane is nice. He's smarter than most people give him credit for, but he hides it by cursing like a sailor, as you probably noticed. It's a terrible habit. On the plus side, though, he's actually... pretty handsome. <coughs> I mean, handy. <coughs> he's uh, handy to have around because he's a valuable member of the team. He's our physicist, so a lot of the schematics and such depend on him, and so, uh, yeah. Last stop, so to speak, the final member of the team is Shuri. She's our supply guy. Any and all equipment comes from her, by some frankly mysterious means that I'm just never going to ask about. What? I'm doing a meet the team bit so everyone knows who we are. 
Ironic coming from you. I don't know what you mean. I guess it's not a shock that you want to record everything we say and do. Just like Savannah. Come on, Savannah isn't that bad. Do you believe everything your parents tell you? My parents have nothing to do with- I'm really busy setting everything else up, so- You know what? Fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll get out of your hair. Hey. Jules. Leave the mic, and I'll introduce myself. All right. Here you go. Okay. You'll have to forgive me for the shift in tone. I can't stand her bubblegum and rainbows. Especially not when I'm the one member of this squad busting my ass outside of this vaguely protective bubble. Seriously, everyone else gets to spend the afternoon breathing filtered air, and I have to trust a retrofitted respirator to keep my lungs alive just so I can barter for scrap metal. Being cheerful? It's too fucking much. Don't get me wrong, people of the future. It's what I'm good at, and I'm proud of that. I mean, there'd be no rocket to send into space without the scrap metal, so it's not like you have to be a rocket scientist to... build a rocket. Uh, never mind. Dane practically begged me to help with this as soon as he joined the team, and that's like the whole point of being siblings, isn't it? We've always been pretty close, but... But I just cannot believe that in addition to sourcing materials, Jules has decided that I will also tell my life story to people who may or may not ever exist, and who, if they do, might not be human. You want aliens to learn about what humanity used to be from my stories? Really? Well, at least they're a lot more realistic than anything Savannah publishes. I don't fit into the Savannah mold in more than one way. I'd rather stay under their radar. So I, to put it lightly, am not a fan of someone with Savannah connections asking me to compromise myself. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt and assuming she just doesn't know any better, but jeez. I know that in theory, we're all taking the same risk. We're not exactly supposed to be building a rocket in a secret underground lair. But damn it, if anyone's gonna get caught here, it's definitely gonna be me! Probably carrying mysteriously unbranded Savannah-like wire. Or setting up an exchange for aluminum and suddenly I'm in the back of an unmarked vehicle that was actually an undercover Savannah cruiser because my contact didn't bother to check if he was being tailed. I'm more than glad to help Dane and his friends, but I hate that someone who thinks that Savannah isn't that bad expects me to share a lot of details. But, since I've got this recorder, I might as well share something. I've actually started thinking about it all from a different angle. I mean, everyone besides Dane and me sees all of this on a sort of metaphysical level or something. I'm trying to get there with them, you know? So I'm treating this entire scheme as a really complex art project. And at the moment... I'm gathering up the art supplies. And even though I'm not the one with the grand vision, I'm trying to trust that it'll be something great in the end. Creative types have to believe that, or else we wouldn't finish anything, you know? 
that's how creating something always works. Like, the end product is still a long ways away, but you just have to convince yourself that it is going to be beautiful. And worth it. It's gotta be worth it. But for the time being, I'm still not so sure about putting my signature on this particular piece. So, sorry aliens, or whoever this reaches. My name is Shuri, and I'm the parts guy. And that's pretty much all I'm willing to tell this machine about me for now. Okay, now that someone with proper mic handling technique is here, let me tell you what you're about to listen to. It's a welcome message, of sorts. A hello that we'll send out across the universe. It'll include sounds, pictures, and recordings from us, from all of us, detailing life here, in the hopes that... I don't know. In the hopes that someone out there will find this and know what was here, after we're all gone. With this, they'll know the actual account of what's happening here on Earth, in contrast to the messages that have undoubtedly been sent out already. I've included a few of my favourite sounds, plus a few that I think are important for posterity's sake. There's the sound of wind and rain, crickets and frogs, the sounds of traffic and tools, of Mama making halva while Dad brews tea, thunder and gunfire, my brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, laughing and playing in the sun. The sound of drones flying overhead. My own heartbeat. Music, as much as I could get my hands on. I've also included the sounds of dogs, cats, rats, as many animals as I could find. Dad found me an old recording of a goat. It sounds a lot cuter than I expected, I gotta say. Some sounds were harder than others to get a hold of. Whales and horses. Volcanoes. The sound of an F-22 taking off. A Saturn V launch. Birds. If we've got the room, I'm going to be including some holograms. Old pictures of what was here. Pictures of the underground and the city stacked atop it. A half dozen types of flowers and trees. The sun in all its glory. I debated adding a few pictures of Savannah and Ocelot buildings, but... I don't know. I don't think they deserve to be remembered after all this. I'd like to, if I can get everyone to stand still long enough, include a picture of us. This little ragtag group of delinquents. Might be nice. To be remembered. Every culture's got their own way of remembering. Oral histories. Written accounts. Art. Architecture. Music. Dance. We've got this rocket. And this message. I'll be translating it into as many languages as I know. I have a few other friends who can help me fill in the gaps. It took me a while to figure out exactly what I wanted to say for this. Some 200-ish years ago, NASA, God rest their souls, 
did something similar. They attached a phonograph, a physical record, to a spacecraft and launched it into the universe. Apparently, the people who were tasked with recording these greetings the first time around weren't really given any more information, just that it had to be a greeting to possible extraterrestrial life, and it had to be brief. The way that each community took it upon themselves to greet these life forms is fascinating. The Arabic greeting was, Greeting to our friends in the stars. We wish that we will meet you someday. Whereas the people from Fujian, a Chinese province, said, Friends of space, how are you all? Have you eaten yet? Come visit us if you have time. The Japanese just wrote, Hello, how are you? while the Hittites, who were from present-day Turkey, simply said, Hail. Nepal said, Wishing you a peaceful future from the Earthlings. Sweden, I think, is one of my favourite responses. They wrote, Greetings from a computer programmer, and the little university town of Ithaca on the planet Earth. Each message says so much within so little And I want this message to be perfect. A perfect representation of who we are as a people and the history that has shaped us into what we are today. So, what do we say? What should this little ragtag group of delinquents, hobbling together a rocket ship in a not-so-secret underground bunker, say to the world outside our own? What can we say to them to not only communicate that we are likely no longer, but that we want to be remembered for the good in our world once we're gone. After a few weeks of obsessing about this, I think I finally landed on a message that works. Please remember us, not for what was here, but for what will be. Peace, love, family, now and forever. What the hell is this? This isn't a mag drill, is it? Oh! I have to say something. <laughs> Jules is gonna throw a fit if I just leave the reporter in here for six hours after she explicitly said, Hey Kay, could you record something for the rocket? It's not like I'm gonna get kicked off the team for not recording something on day one. I can do it when I get to a break, it's fine. All right, all right, Jules. I will record the message for you as soon as I finish these rivets. Shh. I'm not supposed to be in the ducks. Don't tell Jules I'm disobeying a direct order from our de facto commander. And Jules, when you eventually listen to this, because I know you're gonna do a last-minute check right before we launch, you're gonna thank me for being in the ducks all the time. Start countdown for apology at T-minus two hours. Okay. We're all good, Jules. Where was I? Right. The last great hurrah before we get cut off from communicating with you ever again. Well, my name is Kay, and I'm going to tell you about our funny little species while I eat lunch. Speaking of which, <laughs> it is my pleasure to introduce you to the greatest culinary cooked-up humankind has ever created. The hot steel vent. Well, no need for that canister anymore. No use having a torch attachment on your wrist gear if the fuel canister is empty. 
So how the hell did we get here? Better question is, where the hell are we gonna go in the next century? Because that is going to be one wild ride. They're claiming that in the next 10 years, they'll be able to give us handheld 3D printers with industrial capabilities. <laughs> just imagine printing an I-beam out of a spool of wire when just a few hundred years ago you had to cut down an entire tree and wedge it in there. <laughs> Who came up with such a ridiculous idea? Oh, 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 hot, 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 spicy sandwich. Ooh, let the sandwich cool off, Kay. You can't just eat it right off the cooktop. So, where was I? Ah, humanity. Heroic and miserable inhabitants of the planet Earth and inventors of the miraculous device known as the motor. Also known for some stupid stuff like the invention of fascism, gelatin-packed meats, psychoanalysis, and the now-non-existent Ohio. So, how did we survive into our modern, futuristic world? <laughs> Listen, I'm genuinely not sure. Mm. Mm. Rumor has it that guilt has something to do with it, but if I'm being perfectly honest, I think it's spite that has been a much bigger motivator for us. Speaking of which, did you know that certain persons in this little group are profoundly annoyed by me using an angle grinder in a suit? <laughs> I really don't care. I specifically got a fire-resistant fabric blend so my work clothes weren't so obviously work clothes, but apparently it's dangerous going to profoundly screw something up. Seriously, you would think that the person who has been working with mechanical stuff since they were four would be better qualified to be the judge of tool usage than a physicist or a chemist? Could I make that repair with a smaller tool? Yes, but that wouldn't be as much fun as using an angle grinder. And besides, it matches my tie. So, that's really all you need to know about humans. If you tell us we aren't allowed to do something, that's the very first thing we're going to do. Well, Jules started this, so I assume you've already heard about who we are and what we're doing. Yes, great, wonderful. But I'm pretty sure she left out a lot of the background. The Earth is fucked. It's broken, and it's awful, and it's tearing itself apart. And there's nothing any of us can do to stop it. <sighs> Where do I even start? Where did it even start? I guess Savannah's the answer to that. Companies combined and merged until there were only a few of them. Pomegranate, Andatra... Krim X, Ocelot, and Savannah. And then, Savannah devoured the others until they owned, well, everything. These days, you can drive your Savannah brand car to your Savannah-owned apartment and make that dinner you bought at the Savannah-run grocery store in your Savannah-made specialty oven. Uh, our lives are run 
by a fucking corporate monolith owned by the world's most powerful piece of shit. You can bicker over brand names all you want, but you only get the illusion of choice. Boulder Pop versus Funzo comes down to a difference of can color. The soda is made in the same factory. Savannah Soda, or whatever their marketing think tanks decided to call it. So, Dana? Fuck if I know. Savannah makes the shitty off-brand goods, the luxury name-brand goods, <laughs> and all the shit in between. I came out of college with a shiny degree and a lot of determination. But even the best little startup couldn't compete. We either got crushed or, well, absorbed. So, I either had to work under gout no core or not work at all. And the choice was pretty damn clear. I did the nonprofit thing. Worked as an organizer. Tried to get the powerful people to care about the consequences of their actions. It's not physics, but I was fucking good at it. But that didn't matter. The game was rigged against us. <laughs> and by us, I mean humanity. Fuck, I think we weren't even players in this metaphor. The real players, like gout? <laughs> Actually, mostly gout. I hate that son of a bitch get away with things so much worse than murder. He can pollute entire rivers with his factories and burn cities to the ground with his weapon tests and cause goddamn earthquakes with his strip mining. He may not have personally caused last season's hurricanes, but he sure made a profit off of it. <laughs> I have the financial records to prove it, but Savannah owns the news. <laughs> the thing is, though, I think they know about the consequences. Savannah knows the numbers as well as I do. <laughs> They've done the fucking math. They just don't care. The world is dying because people just don't care. I shouldn't say that. People do care. But the people with the power to change anything don't. And so we're here in this fucked up, crumbling world, just doing our best until we die. So many of us are dying. What's gonna be left when we're all dead and gone. What will fucking be here? I think it'll be ashes. <sighs> Jules, that better be good enough for you. This episode was written by Brad Colebrook, Chandler Harrison, Cole Burkhart, Dee Reese, and Tal Manier, 
with script editing by Evan Tess Murray. It was directed and sound designed by Tal Manier and features Jonah Loon as Jules, Kathy Youssef as Armani, Vico Ortiz as Kay, John Y. Kamara as Dane, and Sahar Iman as Shuri. The theme music is by Benny James, and the transcript is by Caroline Meeks. What Will Be Here is primarily produced in Long Beach, on the stolen land of the Quiche Nation. Discovery Roger, go for deploy. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Space. Multiverse. Stars. One Stars. One Star Reviews. Join Negative Nancy and Chatbot aboard the Space Windu as they bring you the worst One Star Reviews from all across the universe. I'm supposed to say that we promise to bring you the very best One Star Reviews from all across the multiverse. But you know what? I don't believe it. I don't believe that for one second. I'm rating my driver Marcus one star. Not for his driving ability, but instead for his disloyalty and cowardice. Blackluster moon vacations. A can of beans. Abandoned malls. Cat beds that don't come in human sizes. Dragon stuff. Come have a laugh back at the one-star reviewers. Listen to the one-stars wherever you get your podcasts.